Hello everyone and welcome to the Kickabout. Italy failed to qualify for the World Cup again, but Wales' dream is still alive. I'm your host Chris. I'm Fran. And I'm Dan. Well, that was a much smoother intro, wasn't it, <laughs> than last week? Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a quieter week. Obviously, with no Premier League football, um, mm. but it doesn't mean that we don't have plenty of good stuff to talk about. There's been lots of things going on in the world of football, both in international level and club level, which we will get into. But as always, we are going to start with Dan's stats. <laughs> Down the stat, man! Since Harry Kane's first international goal on his debut in March 2015, only three players have scored more for a UEFA nation. Wow. Okay. That's a good one. Christ. Harry Kane's quite good, isn't he? Mm. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we've not... Uh, we've, we've, whilst we've got plenty to talk about tonight, I should suspect each story is going to be fairly small that we run through. Mm. So we could do 20 minutes on that, actually, that stat <laughs> later, couldn't we? Just to fill out the show. Um... Right, okay, yeah, as always, we will get to that later on. Of course, there's no Fantasy League update because there was no update this week, thankfully, so it means I've not dropped any further down the table from last week, which is nice. So we'll get into the England game. Now, mm -hmm. I'll be brutally honest, I didn't see this live. I had to catch the highlights um, because... I think we, we were down the pub when we celebrating our team getting to the final, which yeah. me and you were not taking part with because you're injured and I'm too fat. Um, I watched it on the train home, so I kept losing. What, the Way Valley game? Yeah. <laughs> Dan was actually FaceTiming me the whole time. <laughs> um, the England game. So I kept dropping in and out of signal. Yeah, it was when we scored, I was like, and then I was like, I'm on a full train. <laughs> it, was a, it was an interesting game. I mean, I... We might be doing this a slight disservice because of the fact that I've only seen highlight packages rather than the full 90 minutes. But it very much struck me like this was quite a subpar England performance. Yeah, it, it was quite a mixed match team, wasn't it, that he put together? Which surprised me a little bit. I mean, I don't know whether there was... Um, I, don't, I didn't see how. I know there was a lot of people dropping out, especially at fullback. I know Trent dropped out. Mm. I think Trippi, Trippi is obviously not around. Um, Grease James, James wasn't in it. Wasn't in it. Uh, but he still left, you know, people like, you know, he's left Tyron Mings on the bench who you would expect to come in yeah. in the absence of Stones and Maguire. He's left Rice on the bench. He's left Raheem Sterling on the bench. Jack Grealish on the bench. So uh, bearing in mind, we are, what, six months away, five, six months away from the World Cup. We've limited time now between then and the World Cup starting in terms of friendlies and other preparations. Mm -hmm. I was expecting him to go with less of an experimental side than this seemed to be. Mm -hmm. were, you, were you surprised by this lineup? Um, I was surprised mainly just because we know Southgate tends to have his sort of favourites and he sticks with them, like the likes of Pickford, who obviously for club level has been quite poor. But, I mean, in fairness, he always does well at international level. Yeah, he did make one very good save. Yeah. He tipped it onto the bar, didn't he? Um, but I'm glad he did that because I feel like the players in form, the likes of Gallagher and um, that, I don't know how you pronounce his name, the Crystal Palace centre-back. Uh, Gay, Gay, isn't Gay. it? Yeah. Um, players like that deserve to be in the, you know, given the chance in the team. Yeah, and I was also pleased to see Tyrek Mitchell get a run yeah. for the last half an hour or so. Um, I, I suppose you could spin it the other way, couldn't you? Because we often talk, maybe not necessarily on the show, but in you know the, the wider public will often talk about whether players should be picked on club form mm. alone, and therefore you could therefore very easily make an argument as to why Harry Maguire's in the team, why mm. Luke Shaw's in the team, why I mean Rashford in fairness was dropped, but then equally why is Sancho not in this yeah. squad? Um, so part of me was pleased to see him experiment because it is very important that anybody who plays for English football or sorry, plays for England, they need to be 
uh, in a position where they know that if they play well, they do have a chance. Yeah. And in previous regimes in England, that was always the case. That was never going to happen. I think it's a kick up the arse when you see the likes of uh, Conor Gallagher and Gay getting the call up and the like players like Rashford who will be sat at home watching it mm. you know they it almost sort of says you need to pick up your game otherwise you won't be going to the World Cup yeah I mean I suppose the question needs to be asked um, does Southgate know his best team no <laughs> there you go <laughs> but I no I don't think he does is, is that a concern? I don't think he did even in the Euros. But though, I feel he? like he's he's a bit stuck at the minute because a lot of them are injured. Mm. Yeah, a I'm lot of granted. Who he'd, he'd probably want like there's senior players wise. He'd probably want like Carl Walker, Kieran Trippier, mm-hmm. obviously John Stones was out. He'd probably want all of them back in it mm. just for not even necessarily to play them starting eleven, but he would definitely want them in the squad. Yeah, no, agreed. Because that was quite a the back four were quite. I mean, the back four new. was completely different. Yeah, effectively, or the, or the back, uh, like I know, three with the two wing backs because he wanted obviously John Stones was going to play, wasn't he? Mm. Euros, it was his front three that he kept chopping and changing almost every game, wasn't it? Everything yeah. else kind of stayed the same. Yeah, else I feel like Conor Gallagher had a very good game. Yeah, apparently, there's been a lot of calls for him to sort of cement his he place. He was really good. Team. I mean, Luke Shaw managed, yeah, to... banging goal. I saw a um thing. It was him in a Brazil shirt, and it says every time Luke Shaw plays. Yeah, he was like Roberto, Roberto Carlos, <laughs> yeah. number six, wasn't it? Um, do you think? They... But do you think? Because Reese James is back at Chelsea now, isn't he? Mm. Do you think he'll get called up? Well, I mean, the, the, I mean, with he's Kyle, a right he's a right back, but yeah. Carl Carl Walker Peters. Oh yeah, I think I think he'll. Um, yeah, Reese James has been unreal this season. It's just unfortunately he does keep picking up these little injuries. Same with Trent as well. I feel like. Every time Trent gets called up, he seems to get injured and he mm. never gets to actually play for England. And I, I'm still not entirely convinced that Southgate trusts him. He no. for me, Trent, uh, Trent no. yeah, he feels like he's mm. two or three down the pecking order. Which um, is a shame because I do think he's world class. And I mean, but he, I think you can pick, you You know, Southgate did actually, you said that he rotated the front three, mm. but he also rotated mm. the fullbacks a lot at the mm. Euros. Yeah, yeah. And he seemed to do it based on who we were playing. Like when he wanted the team to be really structured, yeah. have a good base, like against Germany, for example, he'd, he'd drop. Chilwell and Shaw and put mm. Trippier at left back. Well, who else is there for right back and left back? Because Ben Chilwell's out. Left, what? Left right, back, right, right now? Left or? back, right back positions. Um, well, I think that's why he brought up Tyron Mings because yeah. he's left footed. So I assume he might play left back against Ivory Coast. Because I'm presuming if like Ben, Ch- if he, he's not back this season, isn't he? is he? Uh, there's rumours that he's back in training. Yeah, he um, should be back next I would imagine season, he'll be back for the start of next yeah. season. Would, would, be would my we guess. then presume that if he had a good start and like Kieran Trippier had a good start, they would maybe get called up? Mm. I would think so. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think we've got enough depth at left back, especially. Yeah. To yeah. not pick Chilwell unless he's having a shocker and he, you know, maybe hasn't fully recovered from his injury or whatever. Shane Creswell um, doesn't stay fit for long enough. Because but he is fit though. He is. You know, he's he picked up a slight knock um, against. Uh, who was it? We played. I can't remember who it was just before the European game. But he was back mm. for the European game. So um, I feel he gets overlooked a lot. He's never even talked about. No. Like, I've never ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Criswell for West Ham. I appreciate he's the wrong... I think he's either 30, maybe even 31. So I appreciate he's... Yeah, but so is Trippier. Yeah, but he's got that international experience already. Yeah, I guess um, so. And at Southgate, we know when there's... Okay. When there's... Uh, <laughs> when there's when there's room to fill in the team, Southgate does like to pick up uncapped younger players who are younger. Who are yeah, younger. Yeah. So I, I understand why he's picked Tyreek Mitchell rather than yeah. Aaron Creswell in that case. I feel like he likes a good mix of like seniority and then like new yeah. players. He's very good at that. 
Um, but yeah, I, I see what you mean. I think this would have been a, a key, uh, a, good a, a good opportunity yeah. for Creswell to have come in uh, with the lack of left left footed players in the team. Good, like he's got a good delivery because um, he obviously gets a lot of assists. That's why I end up putting him in my team, not so much for his defenders, defensive ability, but because he does get assists and stuff. And the formation that England played could actually suit him because mm. he can play left of a three and he, he looks stronger in that position. Mm. And he can also play wing back because he's got, as you say, he's got that delivery on him. He's yeah. got a good left foot. So for, for friendlies, I think that was an ideal, char- an ideal chance. But again, maybe what we're seeing here from Southgate is if there are injuries, these are the players that are coming in. Yeah, these are the these are the kind of next in lines. I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't really looked at the under twenty one side for a little while, so I don't know what players we've got coming through there in those positions. Um, but one position that does worry me for England is at centre back. Mm. Um, it feels like to me, if you look at any other position on the pitch, we've got good cover, good quality cover, especially certainly in the attacking areas. We've got two or three players in almost every position. Maybe not at the number nine position, Harry Kane. Obviously, he's our number nine. I don't know how many players we could bring in at number nine that would do what he does for England. Yeah. People can come in and do he jobs. Irreplaceable, that man. <laughs> well, I mean, we joke, but he probably is. Uh, sorry, he is irreplaceable. I think he is to Southgate. Yeah. Southgate fucking loves him. Um, but you look at the two wide players, or the two wide positions, we've got plenty in, the, in that area. Um uh, We've got... What's this coming up on my screen? Go away. <laughs> really threw me. Go away. Um... <laughs> Yeah, central midfield areas. I feel like with Henderson, we got Henderson, Rice. We would expect Phillips, assuming he's fit, he'll be in the squad. Cameron Gallagher's obviously had a good game. Rice didn't start, to be fair. I'm quite happy he didn't. He's had a lot of football yeah, he recently. Needs, he needs to chill, but I am surprised he didn't start. Um, it'll be interesting to see what team he picks for Ivory Coast. Does he shuffle the pack again? Uh, I already read a quote earlier saying he was going to completely shuffle things up. So I, I, hope I imagine he plays... all the bench players will be starting, mm. etc. I want him to play Conor Gallagher. Yeah. Just because I think he did have a really good first I quite game. like watching players that we haven't really seen before. Mm. Yeah. Um, just to see. Because they're kind of hungry yeah, for the, it, the aren't they? to mm. be in the team. And um, obviously, we've never played Ivory Coast before, but we know a lot of their players. Start mm. Grealish. Yeah, people, Drew Bellingham. You know what? Like, I do get, like, I obviously did love Grealish during the Euros and still do, but mm. people go fucking nuts for him. Like, when he came on the pitch, like, literally, Wembley was like. It erupted. Going nuts for it. <laughs> I do like Grealish, but I do feel like he's. I think it's just because he was a big fish in a small pond. It's and unfortunate now he's... that he's gone so much money and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Now there's like mad pressure on yeah. him. Yeah, maybe we, it's not uh, It's not rare that it takes a player a little time to settle going into a big club like that yeah. where the pressure is so different at a club like City where you're expected to win trophies every season. Whereas at Villa, you know, going on a five or six game win streak is a freaking big deal for Villa mm. with, with greatest respect in the world. You know, the levels are massively mm. different. So who knows, maybe next season, you know, he's got, he's had a season, he's certainly in now. Um, maybe things will be different for him next season. We, we hope from an England point of view yeah. it will be because some good form leading into the World Cup in the winter would, would be quite nice. Talking about going back to centre-backs, yeah. I think our best partnership was John Stones and Harry Maguire. Yes, I mean, Harry Maguire is, like Pickford, he is the epitome of an international mm. player who just, can't do it for club yeah. um, and I worry that we are reliant on him because I'm just really concerned that at some point that club form is going to seep through into onto the international mm. stage I think it, a lot will depend on who United appoint as manager because I think like United are quite important to the uh, England team with the likes of Luke Shaw I think Rashford could be an important part Harry Maguire Sancho and Sancho. Sancho and um Kane and Rice will be there next season. <laughs> <laughs> You've been trying to get me to nibble on that all day, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, 
my, my yeah i mean when, when you look at what's coming through um i feel for me connor cody ben white um tyro mings these are all you know good players they're not bad players by any stretch um but I suppose you, could you throw the same argument as stones and Maguire? i wouldn't argue that either of them are world class either um oh love john stone <laughs> beautiful man but I've, you look back in, in times gone by, England have always had good quality centre-backs. It wasn't so long ago we've had Rio Ferdinand, John Terry, Sol Campbell. You know, we've had really top quality. Maybe I shouldn't throw Sol Campbell into that, into that mix. But, you know, we've had a lot of very good mm-hmm. centre-backs when the rest of the team hasn't quite been up to it. It's kind of flipped now. What about Carl Walker? I know he's sometimes a winger, but he does sometimes play centre-back. Yeah. But if you're looking at about the next grade coming through, I mean, yeah. Walker's like 31, 32. Yeah, but there are... Guardiola's lost trust in him this season because he started playing right That's back. That's what I mean. He doesn't really play. Yeah, That's why I was like, do you now. think he'd be in the... Oh, I, I, I reckon know if, he, if he just doesn't play at all, yeah. there is a good case, especially because we are deep at right back, there is a good case. I for feel like he's one go. of Southgate's favourite players. I think he is, though. I um, think I think he's probably a, a great one for the dressing room. Mm, but I just, if he's obviously not playing at all, I, d- I don't think Southgate can justify bringing him. Uh, and there is an element of trust here. I mean, Southgate's got a group of players now that have been to one European final yeah. and a World Cup semi-final. Yeah. He'll want that as many of that squad as he can get he, away with with that tournament experience. Play quite a lot of that though. In the Euros, mm. yeah, he did, and yeah. that's another reason to have he him did, in because he he's got that sort of big yeah. tournament experience yeah. of of going deep. And when you've got younger players coming in, uncapped players like potentially Conor Gallagher. Kyle Walker-Peters, Jude Bellingham, all these players coming in, you need some old heads in that dressing room who've been there and done it to kind of steer them in the right direction, I guess. And that is going to be really important in the World Cup. It's annoying when we've got so many good players coming through at, like, right-back. We've probably got, like, ten right-backs we could choose from. I know. We've just got, like, no centre-backs. And I mean, we're not even talking about... It wasn't so long ago that Aaron Wan-Bissaka was up there in the list. I mean, he's probably still, what, fourth or fifth on the list? Mm. Yeah. so, I mean, I don't know. Am I doing the England a disservice at centre-back? Are we, are we deeper than I'm giving us credit for with Ben White, Connor Cody, Guahi, Tyron Mings? not a bad player. Oh, I don't know. I just... I think the problem is you look at other teams, you've got, like, Italy with Benucci and Chiellini and... Yeah, but they've got a combined age of about 90. I know, they're obviously like old. you just but... named Pasta. <laughs> 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 That's very stereotypical of you. <laughs> I know they are old, but, like, I'd still put them in yeah. ahead of our centre-backs. Um, to be yeah. fair, if John Terry came out of retirement, I'd probably give yeah. him a second look as well for England. Um, Connor Cody's was... Yeah, I like Connor Cody, actually. I do rate Connor. But the problem is he plays... He's used to playing in the back five. Mm. So uh, as soon well, as as soon as Gareth Southgate decides to move to a four, yeah, can you can just, you trust him in there? Yeah, whether he's confident enough to play um, in that sort of system, but I'm, I'm sure he's professional enough to do it. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose if if you had to say of any of these players in here, um, it's it's probably it's way too early to obviously be talking about the squad for the World Cup. But how many of those players that played the other night? You, do you think you know made a good? It put a good marker down for I mean, wanting to Pickford. get in that squad for the World Cup. <laughs> I of, think of the newer of the newer bunch. Oh, newer about. bunch. The new. What, what are we talking? So I mean, you're talking Connor Gallagher, Kyle Walker Peters, Guehi. Other than that miss, I don't know how he missed that, but. What, when he hit the post? Yeah. Oh, he had a long time to think about that, yeah. didn't he? Because he was running onto that ball for half a pitch mm. <laughs> before it got to him. Well, yeah, Walker Peters. I I want to say, which I don't know about Gallagher. Just there's so many. Like there's already like. Gallagher did really well. I think the problem would be... There's a lot be, of players in that position. That yeah, area. problem would be what happens with him, whether he goes back to Chelsea and ends up 
not, not playing. Playing. disappearing yeah. or if it palace buy him permanently i don't know but it'd be yeah i mean the, him now being in and around the england setup might now actually change his mind about yeah. what he wants to do because before he might have been quite content to go back to chelsea see how things go can he mm. get in there can he not if he's now got a genuinely realistic chance of making that squad yeah that might change his if mind. He can go if he Paris. goes back to Chelsea and, yeah. and they say to him, "Look, we're going to, you know, you, you'll rotate yeah, around. We'll play you in the Carabao player. Cup, yeah, yeah, games." That at that point, he might say, "Do you know what? No, I need yeah. to be playing regular football because I've got a chance of being." And in that Palace, are, I feel like, are a team that are on their way up. He can certainly progress there. Whether you know whether I mean they're not going to be fighting for Europe. No, of but course be, not. I not think they'll be knocking anyway. on like top ten type thing. But it's a, it will be a really good stepping stone for Conor Gallagher yeah. because he'll be playing everywhere. He'll be you know big dog there. Mm. Um, I don't. It'd be harsh to say to use Palace as a stepping stone, but you know what I mean. That yeah. it depends on how where his skill ceiling is because we don't know where that is, right? I mean, mm. he's performed really well at Palace. He had a really good season at West Brom the year before, despite how bad they were. Mm. Um, how far can he progress? You know, can he keep going to the point where he can then justify a move to mm. a top six, top eight team? We'll probably buy him for a hundred million. <laughs> Yeah, it's another English player. <laughs> um, I don't know what his social media is like. Though. That'd be the uh, that'd be the key thing. Um, what about the midfield um, partnership, the central midfield partnership? Now, obviously, for the Euros, uh, Southgate very much relied on Phillips and Rice. Mm-hmm. Partly, I think, down to the fact that Henderson went into that tournament off the back of an injury and hadn't really played a great deal of football. Henderson's now back and playing regularly. Do we think that's going to be decisive? Do you think he might drop one of Rice or Phillips and put Henderson back in there? Well, I mean, Rice has got to play. He'll play Rice, 100%. Do you think, so you yeah. think it'll be, be Rice and... Anyway, <laughs> you too, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, obviously, he's still young, so he's going to be in the England team for Years to come. a long time, yeah. Yeah. Unless something drastic happens. Um, I just don't know who his partner would be. I've, I think Rice is cemented and then... Is that our two options, Henderson or Phillips? In terms of it depends again, it depends if he plays that two. He'll play holding, the two CDMs because he's a defensive manager. Who else is your option? Conor Gallagher doesn't play that deep. No. He's he's more of an more of an eight. Um, I think Jude Bellingham is the same. I'm not sure he plays that deep. Mm. He can, but I'm not sure he'll want to. He'll um, need someone that you can trust to just sit there and mm. dictate play. I probably will be Henderson just on experience wise. I mean, it might. Might it force Southgate to rethink his mm. his plans? I mean, if he's not got the players to Probably do it, like he got to a semi final and a final. Is he going to start thinking? Oh, I might shuffle things up. Good managers, you know, keep moving. They don't mm. they don't stay on the same plan after time after time after time. Um, I mean, we'll talk about Italy in a minute, but mm. they're kind of a, a classic point in case. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like Jude Bellingham's got a big part to play. He's you know he's lighting the world up at the moment with, with Dortmund. He's playing. I've seen some of the highlights of his games. He's been absolutely superb for them. Interesting if he um, stays or moves in the summer. Dortmund historically are a club that will bring players in. Mm. I haven't heard any and push them rumors out. of him leaving though. Talking Usually, about Haaland, isn't it? Yeah, and I can't see them letting both go in the same summer. Depends what the money is. I mean, if the yeah, money's right, a lot of money involved in that. Yeah, like they would. Seventy-five and. They'd probably want ninety odd million for Bellingham. And knowing Dortmund, they've probably got two or three other mm. class players lined up, either in their academy or, or ready to, to bring in from somewhere else. It's so. kind of a business, though. I mean, and they, and they get reasonable success know, out yeah, of it. Players know that they're going to go there and play first team football and get Champions League football, and then they're going to move for a massive payout in a couple of years' time. Yeah, so. an agent's dream as well. Yeah, on Raiola yeah. with uh, yeah. with Haaland. Um, right, okay. Um, let's move on then. Let's talk about um, the Italians. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I genuinely can't believe that the European champions are not going to be at the World Cup for the second time in a row. Because of North Macedonia. Because of North Macedonia. Um, now, it is worth saying that this isn't because Italy played really badly, because if you look at the stats, <laughs> it's rather one-sided. Mm-hmm. 65% possession, 32 shots to Macedonia's four. But the key one, 32 shots, when only five on target. And that was their... I mean, I saw the highlights of this game again, and their finishing was absolutely woeful. Yeah. Um, I saw a separate one that included block shots. Yeah, it was, it was 16 like, of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, North Macedonia were, were playing like this was... Well, it was. This was their World Cup final, in yeah. effect, wasn't it? Um, and it's important to say that North Macedonia aren't now in the World Cup because of this. This was only the, the semi-final. Yeah, they've got to play Portugal next. And they've now got to go and play Portugal. Um, but they had 16 corners. I mean, some of the chances... I mean, I'm trying to remember. Let me just find his name. There was one player in particular who... Uh, Berardi yeah. yeah I mean my god I mean he must have had about half of those 32 yeah. shots on his own he had a, an open goal as well nearly and he passed it back to the goalkeeper yeah absolutely incredible um, I mean you, you look at the look at the team I mean this is very very similar to the team that won the Euros there's not too many differences in mm. there uh, obviously Cellini uh, Chiellini sorry started on the bench but I mean, this is this is a, this is a we bottled that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this, this is this is a huge failure, isn't it? This, this is make no mistake about it. This is a huge, huge problem. Else, well, it is. I mean, this increases the the chances. It's good, but always, we're gonna win it. <laughs> it's coming home. I always find it a shame when like oh, the major nations aren't in competitions. I don't. <laughs> I do want to, yeah, I'm but kind of in nice. the middle with you two like in this way. If Macedonia got there, then obviously it's great for them. Lovely. This is, the, this is what, this is... But we, sorry, just again, but we always knew either Portugal or Italy, one of them wasn't going to go. This so. is because of the way the draw went, yeah, yeah one of them was always going to... But then this was, that's because of their failings in their own groups. Yeah. Um, because they, you know, they've had, a, what, 12 games, 10, 11, 12 games, whatever mm. it is in their groups, and they couldn't get out of the group automatically, so they've had to go via this route. Um and uh, well, there's, every, there's still a chance if North Macedonia somehow managed to pull off something similar, yeah. there's still a chance we won't have Portugal there either. Mm. And you look at Portugal's team on paper, they've got one of the strongest squads in the world, yeah. and they should not be in the playoffs at all. I mean, they you know they comfortably got past Turkey in the end. Probably Ronaldo's last World Cup. Well, definitely Ronaldo's last World Cup. Definitely his last World when Cup. When does the World Cup start? When is it? December. December. It's December the second, I think. I mean, that is weird, isn't it? I'm it's not weird, ready yeah. for that. Yeah, so like World Cup is all about summer parties. Mm. Or any major international football tournament is all about summer parties and getting poured on with rain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone's beer going everywhere. So no, I. What do you think about the future of Matt for Mancini? Mancini here. It's I mean, a weird one. Do you sack him after he's just won the Euros and then <laughs> fails to? I don't think. I just said to you, I don't think that's ever happened before, is it? A team win the Euros and then I'm trying not to even qualify. For I'm the trying to cast my mind back to how Italy did in the Euros prior to when they didn't qualify mm. for the Russia World Cup. I can't remember how deep they went, whether they were particularly no. successful or not. Um, I mean, we've had, as we were talking about this, we've had plenty of stories of big international teams going to tournaments and really failing at the tournament. Mm. You know, we've had plenty of cases of France not getting out of the group. I think Germany didn't get out of the group in the last World Cup. Uh, I think, yeah, because South Korea beat them. Didn't yeah. they, the this this might be a stupid question, but is the World Cup technically harder than the Euros or are they both much and much? So, Interesting question because in the Euros you've got a much tighter condenser group of let's be honest top quality teams. Yeah, there's less of those teams that can make it through to the World Cup because you've then got to include teams from Asia, from from Africa. the Oce- from Africa, from yeah. Americas. Um, that being said, you know you lose one or two of the European teams. Potentially, you're going to get 
Argentina and Brazil mm. coming in. Um, you know, so, South Korea are no pushovers. And in comfortable, <clears throat> anything can happen. I mean, obviously, we got knocked out by Iceland. Mm. So, you know, saying that the Euros is easier or the World Cup's easier, like any team can literally beat any team. Like I just said earlier, South Korea knocked out Germany when they're in the group stage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, Hun- Macedonia. and Hungary took, what was it, Germany, France and Portugal. Mm. And Hungary almost beat all three of them yeah. at one point, didn't they? Yeah. They, were, they were up in almost all of those games. So, yeah, it's going to be... I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing for the fact there's another international tournament coming up, but it is going to be very weird it being in, in the winter. And of course, it is the last the last World Cup where we're going to have only 32 teams because they're upping it to 36 or 40, mm. I think it is. Um, so it'll be the last time we have the World Cup in its current form, which has been the form for a very long time. Obviously, we've had our last summer World Cup um, in that form because it's the next one will be in the summer. I'm trying to think where the next World Cup is. 20... No, as in where, sorry, not when. Oh, no, where? I can't remember where it is. It would have been decided already, but I'm just not so sure. What year it was it? 28? Uh, no. 26. What are they doing about the Prem... Yeah, so there'll be a delay. Uh, they'll put a delay on the season. So the next season is going to start earlier and finish slightly later. So right. normally it starts second week of August. I'd imagine it'll probably start either first week of August. Uh, yeah, it'll probably be first week of August, and then they'll finish a little bit later in the year as well. So uh, they'll have Canada like... and Mexico. They're the three that have gone through from the Americas. No, just... Sorry, that's where it's been hosted. The twenty twenty six. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because there was a big thing about Trump's um, Trump's wall with Mexico yeah. being a thing. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go on, friend. So Sorry, that's December. There will be no Premier League, basically. Correct. Because of World Cup. Yeah. So I think the the final is on the twenty third. I think. Oh God, that could ruin everyone's Christmas. Yeah, it literally could. Can you imagine? Um, it'd be a very different feel to Christmas this year if England get to the World mm. Cup and lose on penalties again walking home in the pissing rain again <laughs> <laughs> yeah minus five degrees <laughs> the draw's on uh, Friday isn't it for the groups yeah because yeah, the, the the conclusion of the playoffs is across tonight and tomorrow isn't yeah. it I think yeah. um, so excellent and let's uh, round off the international chat and let's talk about just one or two of the other games that went on let's talk Wales first mm-hmm. massive night for them to beat Austria Austria themselves no pushovers with a couple of very good players in their team what a goal from Gareth Bale. Mm. I mean, come off the arrow, come off the man. Um, Wales, golf, Real Madrid. It's, it's incredible. He just doesn't, he, when he does not play club football. Did you see um, the Spanish newspaper there? That I see, I'd, I heard about this. Was, did they call him a parasite yeah, or something? Yeah. Is this because they presume that he's just deliberately not playing and taken away? He's made like two appearances for Real Madrid this season, apparently. <laughs> I mean, there's always two sides to every he's, story, he's but. Well enough to play for Wales. So has he not been playing for Madrid because he's been apparently injured? I think so, yeah. Okay. Hmm. I mean, the thing is, though, Real Madrid have treated him like shit for for years now. You know, Zidane tried his best to kick him out of the club and he almost joined that Chinese team, didn't he? And then yeah. the club, like, rejected it at the last minute. Yeah. And then he got shifted off to Spurs and, I mean, I say it didn't work out there. It didn't actually do as bad as people made out, but... Hmm. Um, he's not, he's been treated like shit since he's been around. You think what he achieved at Real Madrid? I mean, yeah. he has achieved big things there. He's yeah, won a lot of the titles. Champions League, didn't he? And in some style, I mean, yeah. one of the arguably the best goals <laughs> of Champions League final history. So, but again, I mean, I've seen a lot of quotes going around about is he the most um, wasted talent of our generation? Do you think that's yeah. a, uh, Gareth Bale? Do you think that's a, a fair reflection on his career, or do you think that's a little bit most. over the top? Yeah, I would. I think that's a bit over the top, but I think he 
has been wasted out there. Should have mm-hmm. stayed at the Premier League. It's weird. As I say, he had that the first couple of years there, he was very good. But as soon as the injury Similar problem started, no, he was shit from day one, wasn't he? I mean, at Chelsea. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously, since he's been at Real Madrid, he's been shit. Yeah, yeah. But even Bale at Real Madrid, he had one or two seasons where he was mm. outstanding with them. I mean, I still remember a goal. I think it was in the Copa del Rey game where I think it was against Villarreal where he, he was running down the left wing and he pushed the ball past someone to, to carry on running and the player effectively shoved him off the pitch. He was a good three or four yards off the pitch, carried on running, went the longest way around possible and still got to the ball mm-hmm. first and scored. It was it was incredible. And it it, it really felt like that he was going to be a real success story over in Madrid, oh, yeah. especially given at the time that Ronaldo was really in the peak of his powers as well at the time. So, you know, a lot of the pressure was or a lot of the, the fan t- attention, I suppose, and the media attention was all on Ronaldo. And then injuries started to creep in, and then, yeah, just successive managers just came in and just didn't fancy him mm. for whatever reason, and it's all gone very, very sour. But mm. Wales won't care. No. He's turned up, he's put a free kick square in the top corner and then stuck another one away to to, to get them to 2-0 and effectively win the game. Um yeah, do we feel like they've got a, a realistic chance of getting through? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember who they've got in the final. It's either Scotland or Ukraine, isn't it? Yeah, so still not entirely sure what's happening with that, though. Is that game going ahead? Yeah, they've got to play it. I just don't know how they will. Because no. <laughs> I'm assuming that Scotland-Ukraine game is not happening during this international break right now. Um, Maybe we need to do a quick Google here. Yeah. Um, I assume it's postponed. It was definitely postponed, wasn't it, for, for very obvious reasons. And yeah, I think it's been postponed again. It's been postponed again. Mm-hmm. So okay, so well, unless people listening know any different, as far as we know, the game hasn't been arranged. Poland's got a bye, didn't they? Yes, because they're supposed to be so playing Russia. Russia yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be intriguing. Um, if we look at the, can I see? Are they gonna let me link to the playoffs? I bet they're not, are they? If I go, what happens if I click on tables? No, that's not gonna work. Um. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Obviously, the the draw on Friday, we can maybe reflect on that a little bit next Monday. Um, yeah, I I, I just the Winter World Cup. Just I'm not feeling it. I'll be honest. Oh, once uh, once it starts, we'll be fine. Oh yeah, as, well, as we always are. Especially if we're winning. Um, well, if we don't win, we'll blame it on. <laughs> we'll blame it on there. That being said, if you're going to give it to Qatar, which you know, that's a different, very different well, we conversation. Got it, yeah, exactly. Um, if you're going to give it to a country like that, rightly or wrongly, you can't play it in the summer because mm. players will literally be falling over. Yeah. Um, I hope Ericsson's not here. Well, I was just, you know what? I was <laughs> just going to, I was just going to talk about that. I mean, what a, the story continues with him, doesn't yeah. it? Um, he's come back and playing really well for Brentford. Um, and then he comes off, I think he came off the bench, didn't he? For Denmark. Touch. Yeah, first beautiful. touch on the ball. Mm. What a story this Nothing. has been this year. What a story. <laughs> You got yeah. a lot of love for players tonight. I you? really have, especially <laughs> what a journey he's been on. <laughs> it oh is. I mean, last year. I mean, we could. What a story. I mean, we if Denmark get themselves through, or no, they are through, aren't they? they They're are already through. in the World Cup. He'll play the World, he'll play um, the World Cup. It's amazing. In the Euros, it looked like his career was over. Hell, he even won. I mean, like his dead. life was over, mm. and now he could potentially be back at the next World Cup. It's an amazing he'll story. Play. He'll have crazy insurance, but he'll play. Yeah, I'm sure Qatar don't have any laws on not being no. able to. No, they want every big name player they yeah. can get there just for the uh, the extra publicity. Um, also, want to touch on Canada. Yeah. You brought this up earlier. Canada yeah. at their first World Cup for 30-odd years, 38 30, years. 38 years, yeah. That's a hell of a story, that yeah. is. I mean, they've got an ex-Sunderland Academy coach as mm-hmm. their manager. Um, and outside of, is it Alfonso Davis? Yeah. Have they got any other players we know of? 
Junior Hoytlet. Junior Hoytlet, no way is he still playing. Yeah, from what QPR and now at Reading. Now at Reading. I, I, I think um, I think we looked earlier, didn't we, that he's 30... 31. 31, yeah. yeah. That must mean he must have been so young when he came, because yeah, it feels like he's been around for about 30 <laughs> years. Time, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be... Um, it's going to be an interesting. I'd love. That's one of the things I do like about the World Cup is that you do often get those minnow nations. Yeah, like Panama. Panama, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. We've had um, Saudi Arabia have qualified again. Yeah. Um, you know, even when even if you go back far enough to the South Korea World Cup where they hosted it with Japan, I think this mm. was like in two thousand and two, maybe. Um, South Korea and and maybe not to maybe not Japan, but certainly South Korea at that point were kind of nobody knew about them. Yeah, and they I think they got to the semi final of that World Cup and they were absolutely outstanding. All of a sudden they were on the map and mm. they they've been a reasonable team ever since. I remember a few years probably talking about ten, sixteen or so years ago, but North Korea got to one of the World Cups. But they had like Germany, France, Portugal in their group. And yeah, they got absolutely battered. Yeah, but the yeah uh, the and they had to the, do forced labour when they got back. But the pop the, the general population in North Korea were well, I'm pretty sure they were told they won the World Cup because <laughs> yeah. I think because obviously they controlled the state yeah, control yeah. part of the media out there. And I'm pretty sure they were all told they won the World Cup. <laughs> so um, right, uh, the only other thing I wanted to touch on, I suppose, just quickly segueing back to England the game tomorrow night against Ivory Coast mm-hmm. worth noting just because it's the first time we've ever played them in any competition uh, not even in a friendly I don't think we've ever played no. them um, it could be quite a test for for England depending mm. on what team they put out I mean you look at the Ivory Coast team I know they didn't do they didn't put up too many trees at the recent one uh, Africa Cup of Nations but they've got a good squad. Yeah, they have. Yeah. Um, I'd love that Juvenio's still playing. Do you reckon he's got a hairline yet, or do you reckon he's gone even further backwards? I don't even know where he's at now. I think he was in Italy last. Yeah. Last uh, Wilfred Bonny. Yeah, Wilfred, Wilfred Bonny. Bonny is still playing. Do you remember Wilfred Bonny? Play for Swansea. Play for Swansea and then City. Mm-hmm. No. You might recognise him if you see him. Yeah, he's quite tall. I mean, at this point, with those sorts of players, I wonder if they'll just pull out Yaya Toure and Didier Drogba and see if they fancy him. Yaya Toure could still do a job. Yeah, Didier Drogba would do a job yeah. for them, for sure. Uh, but Sebastian Haller's playing. Yeah. And if he turns up and rips England to pieces like he's been doing for Ajax, that I could be... I thought he was th- French. For he is, but he's, he's got Ivory Coast blood oh, in him. okay. And I think he obviously, he obviously chose, chose for them. a bit like uh, Wilfred Zahar. Yeah, so he'll, yeah. be, uh, he'll be playing for Ivory Coast as well. I think it could be quite a good game. Mm. I mean, um, I will be able to watch this one, so I will watch this one with a reasonable amount of interest mm. to see how that game goes. Um, um, just a shame that we won't be able to... By the time next Monday comes around, there's not much point in talking about it. No. So... No. Right, okay, right. Well, we're going to go for a break. When we come back, we've got a couple of other little football stories to talk about, and then we'll get into the stat and the quiz. See you in a minute. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. So, as always, we're going to get straight into the segment from Will from the Rugby Blind Side. Hello, everybody. Uh, this week, I'm just going to follow up on what I chatted with the guys to last week about what's happening at Chelsea Football Club at the moment. So I said last week that there are about 10 bids on the table and they will at some point be whittled down. And it looks as though they have already been whittled down to four main bidders that are left in the race. Um, 
These four remaining contenders have until the 11th of April to submit revised bids as the club looks to set to be sold close to um, Abramovich's £3 billion asking price. So who's in the race? We have uh, the Boston Celtics co-owner Stephen Pagluca. Uh, he was the final addition to the four-strong uh, shortlist to buy Chelsea last Friday. You've also got the Ricketts family who own the Chicago Cubs, a consortium uh, headed by former Liverpool chairman Sir Martin Broughton, and LA Dodgers part owner Todd Bowley. So those are the four people still in the race. Um, the Ricketts family are the main contenders that are being most opposed to at the moment and this is coming mainly from the Chelsea Supporters Trust. Uh, this is because of previous allegations of Islamophobia um, towards Joe Ricketts, who I think is the, the head of the Ricketts family. So these are the only main concerns at the moment for them. The other three are just kind of quietly going about their business, but there has been some quite big opposition to the Ricketts family um, in terms of a potential takeover for them. Uh, moving on to other news, because we've had um, a lot of international football this week, I took a quick look into um, the sponsors and partners for the FIFA World Cup, which is to be held uh, in Qatar later this year. So over the past few weeks, uh, FIFA have announced quite a few new partners and sponsors. Um, two of the ones that caught their eye are Qatar Airways and Qatar Energy, who are massive uh, conglomerates based in Qatar itself. Um, you have the regulars as well, such as Adidas and Coca-Cola, and you normally have a car sponsor, which this year is Hyundai. Um, but the, the ones I mainly wanted to pick out were those Qatar Energy ones, because it was the FIFA president, uh, Gianni Infantino, who said uh, regarding the Qatar-based sponsors that uh, we are delighted to welcome them as they share our excitement and enthusiasm for this first FIFA World Cup organised in the Arab world. This year's tournament will expand football's reach and shine a light on the region, bringing different cultures from across the globe together in Qatar to enjoy the best football in the world in stunning state-of-the-art venues. So I just thought it was quite interesting to see um, what type of partners FIFA were bringing on board for this World Cup that has already received quite a lot of criticism from different parties around the world. So just interesting to see who it is, what their end game is, because we never really know with these sort of things. But that's all for me this week, and I'll be back next week with some more business news in football. Thanks very much for that, Will. As always, um, we will uh, look to try and get you back on the show, maybe before the end of the uh, end of the season. That was a really good episode. We enjoyed that last week. I hope everyone listening did as well. And yeah, the Chelsea story has still got plenty of uh, plenty of legs in it. It sounds like there's still much to uh, to happen before th things get over the line. Obviously, um, the changing of the license now that allows Chelsea to have away fans sell tickets for away fans. Um, and there was there was one or two other slight amendments to this license mm. um, that they've. Uh, or a lot of that license that was re retracted so um, yeah things looking a little better for Chelsea fans looks like there is a light at the end of the tunnel so to speak um, and then it's going to be a it's going to be really interesting to see what direction Chelsea go in as we said we were talking about obviously last week um, depending on who comes in what direction they try and take the club are they going to be 
very much focused on silverware and improving the squad or are they going to go down the main United route and commercialise commercialize the club? Um, obviously, stadium is going to be a big part of that because their stadium, frankly, is not big enough for no. a club of Chelsea stature. Um, as historical as it is, at some point, they're going to have to move or do something about it. Mm. So... Right, but yeah, as always, we'll have another segment from Will next week. Um, so in the second half of the show, in the absence of any sort of Premier League games that were going on, and we've kind of covered a lot of the international stuff that we wanted to, um, we're just going to kind of have a chat about what's going on in the world of club football and some of the other stories that have been flying around. Um, we'll start with a few transfer rumours. Um, we've not done any, obviously, transfer rumours really since since obviously the transfer window closed. Um, Coutinho has said he will take a pay cut to stay at Villa. Um, now, I don't know if this is the big story that this makes it out to be because I don't think Coutinho is going to get a big move. Therefore, he's not going to be able to command the wages anyway. No, and he's not going to be playing for Barca, is he? I don't think. Um, do you see him going anywhere else? I mean, the, the link with Villa is is obvious. He's, he apparently is quite happy there. He obviously he's good friends with with Gerard, and probably there's a lot of trust there. Do you see him going anywhere else but Villa? Nah, because they've got plenty of money, Villa. So it's not like they can't yeah. afford him. No, I think he'll go to Villa. I think he'll stay at Villa. Should I say? Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about Man United in, in greater detail in a moment, but I just wanted to touch on the fact that Man United are supposedly making Harry Kane a big target for the summer. United? Mm. I mean, they do need a striker, let's be honest, because yeah. Cavani's going, Rashford isn't cutting it, Greenwood, who knows what's going to happen with that, Ronaldo, we don't he's know if he's staying, career, and he's at the end of his career, so, and Ilanga looks promising, don't mm. get me wrong, but he's not the sort of don't fill in and full time well no he's he's not the complete striker that no. United need right now so they need a, another option would Harry Kane go to United do you think it'd be in, I mean because with, with his great, whole with the thing greatest, was that he wanted to win trophies exactly so if he went to United then that's a sideways move for me it's a bit of a mercenary move to be honest yeah because he's definitely going for the money yes exactly you're not going to make United to win trophies right no. now are you uh, unless they get you know Pochettino in yeah, that see, I him? could see that potentially being a. I could see the board swinging it that way um, because I think they want Pochettino over Ten Hag. Yeah, um, I agree. And then I could see them, but I think the fans are more leaning towards Ten Hag than Pochettino. So I could see the Harry Kane thing being a big like, oh, if we get Pochettino, we can get Harry Kane. Yeah, and he can potentially bring one or two other players with him from PSG, from mm. and some of his other connections down the line. That so would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think. I genuinely don't think Harry Kane's going in the summer. I think this no, is a bit I of a non-starter, so. this story. Yeah. I think United would be ridiculously stupid to do the same thing again. I mean, they've got it wrong with Maguire in terms of the fee. Mm. They've got it wrong with Sancho, as things stand, with the fee. Um, Ronaldo coming in, uh, it's worked and it hasn't. You make an argument either but way that, with that. That was just a shirt seller, wasn't it? That wasn't for any real... Right, yeah, true. You bring... True. In, you br- a team like City would have been perfect for Ronaldo because they're the complete team. And then to have a goal scorer, I guarantee you if Ronaldo was at City, he'd be in 20-plus goals by now. He'd be top goal scorer in the league. Yeah. Um, I just what I guess what I'm what I'm getting at is these big name transfers for 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 big for either big money yeah, or just yeah. big names. What what United need to do is take a leaf out of Arsenal's book and just buy young and develop players. Yeah. Um, is think... the infrastructure well? Fuck it. Let's talk about United. We're getting into it now. <laughs> um, is the infrastructure there at United to allow that to happen? I think we were talking about this on WhatsApp during the week, weren't we? Where trying to think what what comparison we were drawing. Um, 
between when we said United don't have the setup for that to happen. Oh, that was it was the Ajax League, wasn't yeah, it? Because yeah, yeah. you said that Ten Hag has got a history of bringing young players through, mm-hmm. developing them, doing it well in Europe. But obviously the pressures are a lot different at Ajax to what they will be at United. And also the the whole club at Ajax is all on the same page from the top down. They're all on the same. Uh, they're on the same belief level that this is how the club is going to operate. This is the kind of directives of the club. Mm. Whereas United are not like that. And I think that could catch Ten Hag out because he's not been tested at a high level. This will be a huge step up for him in, in his career. I don't know why people keep calling him a young manager. The bloke's long side of 50. Yeah, he's older than Pochettino as well. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, <sighs> I think it's because he's like unknown. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the experience that makes yeah. him young in people's eyes rather than the, the age. So yeah, I don't know if the t- if I would say Pochettino is a safer bet than Ten Hag he is on paper. I feel like with Ten Hag, they'd maybe it depends what United. The problem is, I feel like United are just more interested in like the likes of Harry Kane because he'll sell shirts rather than a, a Nunes from Benfica because he's more unknown and he's not got as big a Instagram followers. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, so this week um, Louis Van Gaal. Um, we, we joke to say that may, maybe his mm-hmm. uh, his NDA has expired after all these years of managing, but he's actually come out publicly and advised Ten Hag to turn down the off chance to go to Manchester United because he says he wants Ten Hag to go to a football club, not a commercial club. Mm. And that's pretty damning from a manager of Van Gaal's stature. You know, I know he's not he didn't have a great deal of success at United, um, but he was still a big, a very big name manager at the time and probably still is now. Mm. So for him to come out and say that about United. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. No. Um, so, and the other the other story with United I wanted to touch on as well was um, Luke Shaw this week has uh, come out. Now, I think saying that his unbelievable form for England, I think, was a bit over the top because he's, he's been good. He's not been that great for England. <laughs> um but he was he was asked as to why he thinks that his form is so good for England, and he effectively said that it's because he feels wanted at England. Now he was quick to say that you know that's not the case at United. Mm. You know I'm not saying that that's not the case at United, but it very much felt like a sly dig at think, United and and, and uh, Ranić. But I think it's because he had a, a good game, and you know all the sort of praises on him. And at the United, he's been crap this season. Well, he only played half hour for for England. Yeah. Didn't even play a full game. Oh no, no. Sorry, I'm lying. He started in this. Sorry, but he didn't. hasn't deserved to play for United this season. No. Um, the season before it was unreal, and I don't know what's happened this season. I don't know if it's a. Ugh, does a World Cup hangover last that long? I can't. I don't feel like it. Does. You look at Saka. I mean, he was one of the guys that obviously got victimised for missing the penalty. And he would have felt worse because of the fact yeah. that he missed the penalty and as he's well. He's bounced back this season like no one's business. So. Yeah. And you could argue I this... don't think people like Rashford and Luke Shaw have an excuse on that front. No, but I mean, maybe the environment at Arsenal has allowed him to bounce back. Yeah. He's, maybe. he's in a team that has a lot of belief in what they're doing. They've got a good plan. Whereas United, don't, again, they don't have any of that. Um, they don't have a structure from the, from the top, from the hierarchy at the top. They don't have a settled manager in so much as that he's going to be probably be gone in two months' time. Uh, and who knows where his future lies? Does it lie in the boardroom or does it lie away from the club? You've got a whole ton of players who potentially could leave at the end of the season. And you've now got Luke Shaw giving interviews about how he's effectively not wanted at United, just, despite what he says. Yeah. He's quite clear in his messaging. And also you've got Paul Pogba doing his usual. Yeah, uh, He goes away with France. As you said a moment ago, it feels like every time he goes away from France, he just sees it as an opportunity to bitch about United. Mm. Um 
he basically said that he has no idea what his role is at Manchester United. Yeah. What do you make of that? Well, I agree with him, to be fair. I don't know what role he has. Because one minute he's a left winger, and then he's a centre midfielder, and then he's on the bench. And I mean, obviously, he's been really inconsistent for United. I, I, as much as it'll be financially stupid for him to leave on a free, I think it would be best for both him and the club if he leaves on a free, or just leaves. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a case for saying, though, that him leaving on a free, you know, people will say, oh, how can you let a player that you paid, how much was it, 90-odd yeah, million, was yeah, it? Yeah, something like that. How can you let him go for free? And it's like, well, that's true, but we paid 90 million to have him and he's not performed, mm. but you may not be getting in a transfer fee for me, but what you are doing is freeing up £250,000 yeah. a week in wages and you times that across a year, that's how much money you can mm. then pump into somebody else in the budget. So actually it's quite short-sighted financially to only look at that transfer figure as, especially as transfer figures, um, whenever someone buys a player, they don't give you 90 million there and then. They'll pay it across five years. So it's not like you're getting the money there and then. Whereas with a player leaving, that money's instantly freed up. It's interesting that um, comment from Luke Shaw, actually, because he's been offered a new contract to United. Is he? Mm. Is he? Mm. Interesting. Same with Bruno Fernandes. Bruno Fernandes just signed a new contract at United. Is he, did he, I heard he was offered mm. one. I didn't know he'd signed yeah, it. Yeah. Um, like do you think dare I say is this another example of United being slightly out of touch with reality here well, I th- is this bad timing should they have not waited till the mm, summer maybe yeah, to do contracts yeah. I mean you're in a you're in a pretty bad state right now Champions League is looking very unlikely mm. Europa League is looking like your best opportunity for European football next season um, Bruno Fernandes has had by his own standards a poor season yeah, yeah, Luke Shaw has had an even worse season you're offering those two new contracts probably bumper pay rises as well mm. Um, I mean, the, the United social team, didn't they? What was it they did? Um, they did a video, didn't they, on Fred pressing, uh, yeah. and the caption was something along the lines yeah. of, you know, highest leading from pressers, highest yeah. presser for United, <laughs> leading from the front type thing. Yeah. And it's just like the, the comments from May United fans are like, what what is the social media team doing? Like the whole yeah. t- that we know that May United do not press and do not press very well, and the social media team have tried to make out like they're a good high pressing team. It's That's just, all they've got, though. United's. Their their um like social media team must be on so much money because their jobs are I wouldn't want to do their job. But All they the... can remain anonymous though, can't yeah, they? They're they not going to get yeah, any stick yeah. for it unless somebody knows who they are. But they must just have drafts and drafts of apology posts and stuff like that. And we just go use the again. same ones, yeah. We go again. <laughs> I'm we sick of again. seeing these we go again posts. Yeah, I would just like one. I mean, David De Gea has done it once or twice. Yeah, where he's been a bit more brutally honest. But I guess, what do you want? Do you want a player to come out and slag your teammates off and slag the club off? Or do you want somebody to come out with a bit of a PR statement? What what works better? I would like to see them come out and say, we were shit. Like, and we know we've been shit and we've got to improve. I don't want to... But that, is that I not effectively saying the same thing? I know that's what they're saying. Yes and no. But, but they're, I don't know, some of their posts have been like, like De Gea said, oh, I don't know where we've been going wrong. Like, surely you can't actually believe that. Like, I could tell you where you've been going wrong. Yeah. Fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, but at the same time, not him. I mean, Hey has been one of our best players. But I, I wouldn't. I would categorically believe that the club is in is is controlling what that sort of thing it goes out because, as we know, they're very key. Their their interests are very key, key central around social media, the following, the the reputation of the club. They can't have players coming out and saying those sorts of things, so therefore they'll just say the generic statements. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. I mean, you can tell because as soon as they go on international duty, 
all the truth comes out. <laughs> like Luke Shaw and Pogba and Fred, when he went on Brazil international duty, he'd said something that got him in the mud. <laughs> oh, dear. And on top of all of this, we're talking about how bad you know, I know how shit things are. Who's going to Old, Tra- Old Trafford on Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they playing? Uh, Leicester. Yeah. Are you sure you want to put yourself through that, mate? Yeah. I mean, you can live report for us. You know, you we're yeah. we've been spending two years slagging United off, and now we're finally sending a reporter uh, to go and find out firsthand. I'm gonna hold a sign up, <laughs> the kickabout. Yeah, search kickabout on Spotify. <laughs> also, Ronaldo can have his shirt. <laughs> um, before we move on, do you see the um, thing about the Champions League, like the new rules they're going to bring in? Um, that's in the new format of the competition yeah so obviously they're going to make it into a league aren't they one big league but as well they're going to but make it's not it... though is it is it's, it's one big league in terms of the table mm. but they don't play no, every team in the league each other, no and as well in terms of qualifying you won't necessarily have to finish top four as long as you're in like the top 20 like European coefficient rankings so yeah. like United if they finish in the Europa League they'll still be in the Champions League because yeah. they're in the top I am game. I am genuinely stunned that this has not caught it's literally the Super League it's ESL volume two. it is exactly <laughs> the damn same and it just makes me wonder was the ESL a complete smokescreen yeah um, because I cannot believe that the media and the general footballing media and or the, the fan base rather I cannot believe there hasn't been a big reaction to this to be honest I reckon the Super League actually was further along than like the uh, who the FA is it or UEFA for the Champions League, UEFA. Yeah, uh, then UEFA sort of UEFA made out they were in control, whereas really I reckon they've almost submitted that they'll change the Champions League and that they've sort of put the white flag up, like we'll do whatever you want if you come into our Super League rather than make your own Super League. Yeah, I mean the the timing of all of this happening does seem very weird because the Champions League announcement as to what they were planning was actually mm. made very very shortly after the ESL was announced yeah. um, but because all of the media attention was on the ESL and the fallout from that and, and, and the fan backlash etc that largely went unnoticed mm. and then the ESL obviously collapsed but there are still three teams that have not yet backed out of that yeah. I think yeah. it's um, is it Juventus Barca and Madrid yeah mm. so it will be very interesting to see if after these announcements um, whether they all suddenly pull their interest because mm the big thing that they wanted was to stay in the Champions League because that guarantees them revenue every year. If they don't have Champions League football, that punches a massive hole in their balance sheet. And for clubs like Barcelona, despite the fact they still seem to be spending willy-nilly anyway, (laughs) um, it's, uh, you know, that's a a big thing for them. So, yeah, it's, it's really annoying, especially for a club like West Ham right now who are just, knocking on the door of Champions League football so the, close. The, the, the dream is live but I mean, it'll be the same for Spurs mm. because they've not been in the Champions League enough to be as part of that top 20 yeah. coefficient yeah. and we don't deserve it no and I, I, I don't think, I think you it, should be given it just because you know you're one of the big dogs like you should earn it and problem is like you know United at the moment the fifth or sixth like in the future if that's the way it works they'll be like oh we don't need to finish top four because fifth or sixth is high enough to get us into the Champions League yeah, I, th- I do want to just just quickly search something. Sorry if you can hear my keyboard talking in the background, but I saw a um, a stat recently where there was a quote that came out from uh, the Juventus chairman. Uh, is it Ag- Agnelli? Agnelli, I think that's yeah. his name. Uh, <laughs> um, 
basically was along the similar lines of what the Real Madrid guy said, basically, that nobody wants to see Juventus playing shit teams, all yeah. this kind of stuff. And the last three teams that Juventus have been knocked out by in the Champions League have all been effectively... You know, smaller sm- way smaller teams yeah. than, and then Juventus, and I think it just it really smacks in the face. I'm not, I can't bother to find it, but it really smacks in the face of of this whole dream of football. You know, what's the point in any of the teams now in the Premier League even bothering to try and qualify for the Champions mm-hmm. League? Why spend the money? But if there's no, if there's no treasure chest at the end of the road that you can get to and that treasure chest is definitely the Champions League mm-hmm. like, can you imagine a situation let's say where Leicester uh, six years ago and it was when they won the league unbelievable story you know the whole thing about it was amazing can you imagine if they just turned around and said well you still don't win the Champions League I mean that is just mm-hmm. bollocks it's, it's like, so stupid the riches of obviously Real Madrid Barcelona City PSG all those why do they deserve to get another helping hand by UEFA to boost them even more in Europe. Why do Sevilla and Villarreal fans not deserve to see their team try and win the Champions League or the Europa League? It's all money, power, influence, Mm. isn't it? It's all... They're all so corrupt. I mean, we got rid of, like, um, Seb Platter, who, you know... At the time, it felt like cutting the head off the snake, but Mm. quite clearly... It was a hydra. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was more than one head on this snake. Um, So... Yeah, it it really disappoints me, and it, it... it's a, it's a, going to be a real shame for those clubs that are knocking on the door, not just in England, but around around yeah, Europe, because yeah. the top twenty coefficient will be from the big leagues, yeah. which means that clubs from you know like Rangers and Celtic, for example, they probably Benfica. won't get a look in Benfica um, and Porto. Maybe maybe Porto might be in there because they've been in the Champions League a bit, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of teams with a lot of European history mm. that yes, they sometimes do just make up the numbers because of their performances. Um, Part of me just wants to say fuck them, just let them go do the ESL and let yeah. it fall flat just, on its face. I don't know why they can't. I feel like the fans should get a say because the fans, obviously, without football, there's no uh, without fans, there's no football, etc. But the fans will still pay it. That's oh, the I thing. Know. Unfortunately, they will still go and watch. They'll still go and watch it. They'll yeah. pay the subscription fees for what, however the ESL would be transmitted. Like it's. Well, I guarantee, if you did a poll, it would be a good seventy thirty. That would reject it. I'd, I'd be higher than that. Yeah. I think it'd be ninety percent upwards. Mm. I do. I genuinely do. I think the magic of the Champions League. I mean, you think of some of the the games that we've had in the Champions League over the last few years, and the beauty of that well, is the, because I mean, the Spurs Ajax. You know where Ajax looked like they were going through, and then Lucas well, Moura scored a hat trick in the second half. It was exactly Beautiful that moment. was exactly the same year as Liverpool coming back and beating yeah. Barca, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that yeah. obviously we then had the Spurs Liverpool final. Yeah. And you get those amazing European nights mm. because over the course of a season, you've had those dead rubber games to a point, but the excitement is created because you're not playing those teams, those big mm. teams every team. You have those smaller games where it's a bit like, yeah, okay, nothing. Like a Premier League season. How boring would the Premier League be if you just had Man United playing Chelsea every week? Yeah. Or, you know, the top six playing each other every Man single Man week Man. for the entire yeah, season. It would be very boring for us. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. So, yeah. It's it's shit. It really is. Hopefully, something maybe I don't know. Maybe when there's more, uh, has it been officially announced? It has, hasn't it? Yeah. So I was going to say maybe maybe there would be another opportunity for clubs to push back on it. But I suspect the clubs with all the all the power will be the ones yeah, okaying it, vetoing more, it. As soon as they say, "Oh, you'll get more money," they're like, "Oh, where do we sign?" Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Let's move on to some more transfer stories. Um, I wanted to talk just very quickly about Declan Rice. Um, you've been trying to make me nibble all day on this one. Um, West Ham have apparently slapped a 150 million price tag on him, which is 
considerably higher than the uh, 100 million we wanted for him in the summer last year. Um, do, you, do you, all jokes aside, do you see a situation where Declan Rice leaves this summer? Mm-hmm. You do? You think someone will come in and pay something like that for him? Oh, no, I don't think someone will pay someone like that for him. But I feel like he does, in the back of his mind, I feel like if a Chelsea came in and said we want Declan Rice, Declan Rice would potentially be like, I wouldn't mind. I'm not going to force a move, but I wouldn't mind going to Chelsea. He, yeah, I, he definitely won't force a move. He won't want to break the relationship he has with the West Ham fans. Because that comment relief th- video that Fran mm. sent to us too. I still don't watch that. When, when Jack Whitehall <laughs> jokingly said, oh, at the time recording Declan Rice at West Ham... He sort of like awkwardly laughed, but I don't know. Would you not be like, oh, I'm a West Ham player? Would you not say something? Or would you just laugh it off? I know, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very easy to read into because that. Because he could have shut that rumour. You know, he could have shut it and he's a West Ham player next season. Yeah. I mean, look, he's, he's publicly said on several occasions that his personal desire is to win trophies mm. and you know have a, as, as a successful career as he possibly can. But I don't know whether West Ham West Ham will be thinking right now with the situation we've got now apparently the rumours are that West Ham didn't spend any money in January because there was a lot of debt reconciliation going on there was money to spend there but not as much as it was originally reported now if that's the case and we do have a big summer which we need to because we're losing players mm. you know David Moyes has apparently read the right act to the owners and said look it's shit or bust now we're in a position now where we can compete mm. if you want us to stay at the top level and push on a bit more you've got to splash the cash and apparently he's been told there will be a fairly sizable war chest for him in the summer now let's say hypothetically West Ham go deep in the Europa League hell even win it we get ourselves in the Champions League next year we show ambition in the summer by bringing in big name players you know big quality players yeah. Declan Rice has still got three years left on his contract um, was it two three years with an extra option for one extra I believe I think it takes him something like 2024 2025 now even if West Ham decide you know what we're just not going to send him for any price and he can run his contract down for Declan Rice he'll still only be 26 mm. when he leaves so he'll still be in his prime yeah. so he could still go to Chelsea and have like five five or six years at Chelsea at the top of his game so I genuinely don't think he's going to leave this summer. I think West Ham are going to price him out of it. Do you think it would be like a Harry Kane situation? I genuinely, I don't. I think, I mean, we said this before about Harry Kane, how we thought he was so professional and things can change, but everything that I've seen from Declan Rice, and I I genuinely think that Mark Noble's influence of him over the years has kept him so level-headed, I don't think he'll do that. Mm. Um, Because frankly, if Declan Rice wanted to do that, he would have done it already because there were rumours were there beforehand about Chelsea and United and everybody mm. else. Liverpool have apparently come out and said they're not interested. That's one, yeah, that's one honest, out of the equation. If, if he were going to go, it would be either Chelsea or United. Yeah. I don't think City will come in for him. City, as much as City have got the money, historically they don't spend that sort of money And I can't on see them making player. two massive signings in one summer. No. Um, I think they're going to go all out for Haaland. Yeah. And at the moment, I've not really seen that much competition for him. No. Um, the only possible thing there is with, with uh, Fernandinho, you know, very close mm. to the end of his career but at the City. Um, Rodri. They do, but would you want a... <laughs> Would you want another player in that position? The mm. trouble is, is you have two world-class players like that. Does Declan Rice want to go there if he's only going to play half of the games per season? Mm. You know, He needs to weigh out what he wants because if he goes to a club like that, he's not going to play every single game because that's, yeah. that's what Guardiola does. With, with the World Cup coming up, you know, he's fairly settled at West Ham, isn't he? And he's playing almost every single game. Mm. So maybe that'll be in his mind that he's pretty much definitely in the World Cup squad if he stays at West Ham. Yeah, I, I don't think that's... I don't particularly think that's in danger, but... 
he, he should well, he should be <laughs> but he should be careful though i mean you look at jack grealish to city yeah that's what i mean um you know 100 million pound obviously is a big price tag he was a big fish in a little pond at, at villa probably more so than rice is at west ham right now just because you know we've had players like Bowen who's been firing and that sort of thing but he is still a big fish in a, in, yeah. in a even a medium-sized pond if you want to go that far but he goes to city or even united he might still be a big fish at united but the pond is bigger because of the size of the club that united is and i just i think he needs to be very careful he's Everything is set at West Ham. He's going to be club captain next year when Noble retires. He's probably going to be England captain in the not too distant future. He'll get, uh, he'll be able to almost write out whatever wage he wants at West Ham within reason. Um, yeah. And he maybe they'll go down the route of saying, "Look, I'll sign a new contract and commit my future to the club, but I want a clause in there that says if Chelsea come in for 120 million, I want the club has to accept it." And I think that covers both parties in a little bit like Grealish. Mm. Um, but no genuinely seriously I don't think he's going to go in the summer I think West Ham are going to price him out I think they'll want one last opportunity to spend big have a big big season and convince Rice that he can achieve he won't be able to achieve the same level of success he would at Chelsea or City That's that much is obvious but if if success to, to Declan Rice can be achieved by West Ham winning an FA Cup a Europa League at West Ham would that be enough to convince him to stay would that be enough to satisfy his ambition of trophies. Mm. I don't know, and he can answer that, but I would like to think it is. <laughs> How crazy um, is it, though, that we're seeing a CDM get valued at £150 million? Well, I mean, I've seen that there's still a huge number of people on social media that do not rate Rice at all, mm. that think that he's, you know, bang average and shouldn't be made pay more than £30 million. What people have to understand is that that £150 million is not what West Ham value him at in terms to what they think that his playing ability mm. is. What they're saying is, is that we don't want to sell him. This is a deterrent. We're basically saying, if you're fucking stupid enough and want to pay that money, then you can have him. Mm. But to West Ham, the commercial value, the value on the pitch, the value in the changing room, the fact that we're the greatest winner in the world, we are not going to be able to buy a replacement of Declan Rice's quality. Mm. Um, even if we've got the money, even if his we've got that 150, well. yeah, his age, but we've got 150 million for him, there's no guarantee we can go and replace him because to attract a player of that quality, we're going to have to go and sniff around some of the biggest teams in Europe, mm-hmm. unless you can find another player of Declan Rice. You'd probably get Basuma for fifty. Yeah, but he's not. He's not Declan Rice, though. He's not. He's not got that link with the club. And West Ham will. West Ham fans love that about Rice. The fact that he is that. He's come through the academy. I know he was at Chelsea Academy originally, but he's mm-hmm. still come through the ranks. And I think that that hundred and fifty million represents what West Ham think is the total package. So I don't know. I I I don't think he's going to go. I really don't. And that's not that's not just the West Ham and me. I've heard one or two insiders saying that West Ham have effectively flat out said Rice, Bowen, and Suchek, who've all attracted interest. Bowen's attracted interest from Liverpool. Suchek's attracted interest from Bayern Munich. They've said no, they're not going. That's mm-hmm. it. And I think that that's intelligent because we're also going to lose three or four players. We've got a small squad anyway. If we lose those three then you've you've gone from needing five or six players to potentially needing eight or nine. Yeah. And that's dangerous to try and maintain a push up the league when you've effectively changed half of your squad. Yeah. So um do you think Yarmolenko will earn a contract? <laughs> do you, I doubt it. It's weird, isn't it? Because you don't want to give him a bit it almost feels like a pity contract. Yeah. I know it sounds really harsh with everything going on, but he has come on. And I tell you what, he has been the old Yarmolenko because he's actually been working hard. Mm. He's shown a little bit of quality. He scored two massive goals for us. He's just put us through to the quarterfinals of the Europa League. Mm. 
could they give him another one-year contract but tell him if you're going to do you're going to take a massive pay cut yeah if they did that then maybe because um, he could be a good squad player for yeah. another European push yeah. we need a big squad why buy, Why go and buy another player who knows nothing about the club when you've got one already there that's been there for three years yeah. knows the club knows the manager knows everything mm. um, you know he's on 120 odd K a week Jesus. one of our biggest earners <laughs> I think he's our second highest earner behind Zuma um, so yeah maybe if he came down to something like 70 80 then maybe keep him for another year um, I wonder how it works like because surely if you were someone like Antonio, you'd be pissed off that like Kurt Zuma was earning more money than you. <laughs> um, maybe not in the form, and that was maybe a bad example. No, I know what you mean. Form, but... <sighs> Say Bowen. Bowen. He's been in this Yeah. Season. But I guess maybe they'll look at that and think, right, when it comes to contract renewal mm. and contract talks, then I'm going to look at the players in the team and what yeah. they're doing. Um, I know what you mean, but I think, that, I think most football players will be fairly happy on the understanding that if you're going to buy big players from other teams especially dropping down from Chelsea to West Ham mm. and it is a step down you're going to need to pay a bit more to get those players mm. to come so hopefully there'll be an understanding of that but I know what you mean if I was if I was trying to think of another potential like, I mean you look at United I, I guess United, Pogba and Fernandez Pogba 400 grand a week to stay and what has he fucking done to deserve that, that? yeah that would now when, that is a perfect example. That yeah, would piss me off if you're someone like five hundred grand a week. <laughs> I can't work out what the problem is at United. Phil Jones on hundred grand. A week. <laughs> <laughs> Can anyone He's else work out the problem the at United? I mean, it just it doesn't seem very obvious to me. <laughs> oh god, it's so dumb, isn't it? it I hope is the so dinner dumb. ladies are paid well. <laughs> uh, right, let's move on. Um, just a couple of other quick stories. Lewandowski apparently agreeing a deal with Barcelona or wants to go to Barcelona and has reached a personal agreement and it's now just down to the two clubs to agree terms. Can someone explain to me where Barcelona are getting the money from? <laughs> where, where are they signing people? I mean, they are literally... This is like the Brazil of like the 90s era mm-hmm. where famous, they couldn't you know, fucking they defend. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they couldn't defend this Brazil team and they just scored more goals than the other team. And this feels like this is what Barca are doing. They've signed... If you look at what they signed, Ferran Torres, 60 million. Aubameyang, yes, he was on a free bit. He'd be on huge wages, and that does count towards the uh, the, fi- the the financial yeah. fair play stuff that the league has. They signed Adama Traore on loan. I'm sure they'll be paying a percentage of his wa- a good percentage of his wages. Um, they've still got... Uh, they signed Depay this season, at the start mm. of this season. Was it the start of this season? Yeah. It was. Yeah. Um, they got... Who else did they bring in? Um, Ferran Torres? No, it? I said yeah, and there was another one. I can't remember who it was. Um, anyway, but the, the point is they're signing players on fairly big wages. Yes, they've got rid of one or two, but they've, you know, every time they sign a player, they have to get somebody else in the team to organise a reduction mm-hmm. in their contract just to sign the player. I, I, I just don't get it. Is, is the financial fair play rules as pointless in Spain as they are in, in the UEFA? <laughs> in that, you know, you get yeah, you get hit with a big order saying... ways out of it. Yeah, yeah, I just don't... I mean, I know that Barcelona have got plenty of assets, and in particular their stadium... But surely there must come a time where a bank is going to say no. <laughs> you, we're not going to lend you any money because they loaned. They've just uh, renamed their stadium as well, haven't they? That's a good point. They have Spotify. Spotify Stadium. Do you reckon they'll just play random songs with this? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Put it on shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's now going to be called the Spotify New Camp or Camp mm. New. Spotify Camp New. Maybe that's where they got their Fucking money. Fucking hell! From. How much there? That's a lot. Of money. I've heard it's hundreds of millions. Mm. Yeah, that's um, mental. And it's the first time they've done it because they often don't have shirt sponsors by something. They used to have like um, their UNICEF for a while, didn't they? Yeah. Like charity yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, 
So maybe they are. Maybe they've just found loads of extra sponsors because mm. um, I think Spotify are doing their training kit as well. It's not just the stadium. There's lo- mm. other things okay. involved as well. So I don't know, maybe. But part of me is disappointed. I kind of wanted to see Lewandowski come to the Premier League. Mm. Um, I don't know who you'd go to. United? I'd take him. But <laughs> Everyone just, just another, goes United. Just another Ronaldo, isn't he? He'd probably struggle in United's team. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he thinks that the Barcelona is the easier... Yeah, choice the easier league to go to and you can put it on your CV that you played for Barcelona <laughs> um, one final final transfer story if you like or, or club rumour Mesut Ozil things have turned pretty sour for him mm. at Fenerbahce all of a sudden uh, Nacho Monreal came out this week and said that Ozil had plenty of problems with a large number of first team players in his final years at Arsenal um, which you know partly I suppose would have led to his exit eventually from the club Things have been going okay at Fenerbahce. You know, he's been a reasonably important player. I don't think he's played huge amounts of games this season, but he's played a good a good number. Been pretty good. He he capped into the side recently and then was hauled off at half time and now apparently is now no longer in the squad. Mm. Um we were talking earlier about um Gareth Bale and, and wasted talents. Is is Urzu another one in that conversation? Yeah, I think so. Um because when he first went to Arsenal, obviously he was quite highly he was, touted. He was and he was outstanding for a yeah, while at Arsenal as yeah. well. Um yeah, and there's been there's been some rumours that um, one of one of the statements uh, from Fenerbahce, I believe, was that he needs to keep his commercial interests um, out of it and focus mm-hmm. more on Fenerbahce. So we know he's been a big advocate of. Um, I'm trying to think the uh, it's something going on in Turkey, isn't there? Because um, he's got German blood, he's got yeah. some Turkish in him as well, and I think there was some maybe some. Stuff with like Turkish rebel groups or something. I don't know politically what's going on, but he had aligned himself with something going on politically in Turkey, I believe. And I think that was causing some rifts. Yeah. Um, and he's he's very vocal on social media at times as well. So maybe he's just said something he shouldn't have done and he's pissed somebody off. I don't know. Um, and then very finally, this was a, a story that uh, Fran mentioned before we started. Um, I did not see this one coming. Actor George Clooney has revealed an interest in buying a struggling championship side, Derby County. Ryan Reynolds and <laughs> are we going to see an influx of Hollywood I, stars? 100%. I think Ryan Reynolds has started something here. I mean, I'd be surprised. Yeah, I mean, so George Clooney apparently has uh, has said in an interview that his interest in football has grown massively in recent years uh, with fellow actor Jack O'Connell, exactly. who introduced him to the Rams, and who he has now revealed it is the team that he supports. Which is, we've seen a lot of this, and we were saying earlier that Triple H is a West Ham fan. We've, there's, I, I think it. there's, is it Sylvester Stallone, an Everton fan? Yes, I think. Um, it's often the case that they come over for a tour or something like that. They go to one game, and all of a sudden they become mm. like an adopted fan. Um, but I think you're right. I think there must be a, a Ryan Reynolds link here. Mm. That they've seen what Ryan Reynolds has done. I don't know if Ryan Reynolds and George Clooney are friends or whatever, but maybe he's just seen this as a. A good opportunity. I don't mm. know. I can't imagine it be a financial opportunity because if they get relegated, which is looking ever more likely they're going to, yeah. then they're going to be losing money. So maybe he'll wait. I don't Clooney know. And Rooney. <laughs> <Lovely>. <laughs> Speaking of Ryan Reynolds, did you guys see his TikTok? Have you seen his yeah, TikToks recently? I've seen his TikToks. The one uh, he, he says soccer. I've not. No, I've not seen that uh, one. He goes uh, bursts in the change room and is like, oh, he's, <laughs> he says. Uh, it's bloody freezing out there. He's like, why'd you play soccer in the winter? It was like an outtake. And he's like, 
I just said soccer. I could get stabbed for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I've seen the, the the proper video where yeah. he comes in and one of the players goes, um, "But we always play in the winter." And he's like, "We need to get out of this league." But <laughs> all the but every, yeah. everyone plays in the winter. We need to get out of those leagues next. <laughs> so good. I think I think it's it's so. I think he's brilliant. I really do. And the one um, where he uh, calls that player's name and he's like, "I'll shove a red card so far up your ass, I work you like a puppet." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think I saw him tweet the other day because I think Wrexham uh, came back from five two down yeah. to win six five, and his tweet was something like, "I've just lost nine years off my life," um, something something, and he's like, "And also, please bury me in Wales." Yeah. He's, he is like fully yeah. like involved in this. I love it. I think it's brilliant. Uh, right. Okay. Um, yeah. Lots of random topics there. We're now going to move on. It's actually been a longer show than we thought. Uh, let's go on and let's do Dan Stat. Down the stat, man! Since Harry Kane's first international goal in his debut in March 2015, only three players have scored more for a UEFA nation. Three players. Ronaldo's got to be one. Yep, yeah, Ronaldo's one. Um, 2015, did you say? Yeah. Lewandowski? Yeah, that's two. No. Any ideas for no. I've seen it. Oh. <laughs> I haven't seen it. One more. Yeah, one more. I feel like I peaked last week. Yeah, you'd know him. Zlatan? No. Uh, yeah. Is he now? He's there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to think. <laughs> That'll give it away. <laughs> oh, is he? Does he play for a big, a big team in the Premier League? In the Premier League, yeah. In the Premier League, he plays for a big team. Um, it could be anyone. Lukaku, yeah. I would not have guessed him. <laughs> He's actually scored more uh, than Lewandowski since, but I guess Belgium, Poland. Yeah. Right, okay. Well, it's uh, it's six four to me. I've managed to put out a little bit of lead with two close victories. Can I make it seven four? It's time for this. Right, well, seeing as it's International Week, we are at Wembley Stadium, of course. Yeah. Do you know where, do you know where Wembley is, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> do you know where that is? You've definitely. <laughs> Although I bet you won't. Could you? Could you? If if I gave you like a map of London, no. would you? Well? <laughs> 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 <I'm not laughs> sure. Just point at the words London. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is a place in London called Wembley. So. Yeah, t- honestly. Oh, I've been there on the track. Oh, take no. him on a tube. He's got no <laughs> really? clue. It's like a lost dog. Um, okay, well, we're sticking with... Uh... Did actually get lost on the tube once. Yes, I did. Went in the wrong direction. We're sticking <laughs> with uh, the London vibe for the first one. How far is it from Wembley Stadium to the O2 Arena? <sighs> Driving, Ooh. remember. Right. Probably quicker on tube. Okay, so I've not got my normal phone for this, so I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to show you because I'm having to do it, okay. writing it down as a text message. <laughs> um, uh, Daniel first. Yeah, twelve. Oh, you bet. That's what I went for. <laughs> um, I'll go. Is it more or less? Um, I'm going to go with ten. It's twenty. 
Is it? Yeah. Oh. I think because no. the roads are a bit fucked in London, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, so actually. you're going up, down, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, how far is it to the University of Edinburgh? Bloody hell. Bloody hell. Um. <laughs> okay. Number one. Uh, 345. I've got 440. <laughs> it's obviously in the middle, isn't it? <laughs> it's 400, so you. Yeah, just. Oh. <laughs> when, you like when you were like four, when you were like three, I was like, keep going. <laughs> Hang on, what did you say? 350. Oh, okay. So yeah. yeah, it's right, just. By what, like 10 or so? <laughs> um, all right, so that's one inch. <laughs> Should probably keep a track of that one. Uh, turf more. Okay. Uh... Do my usual thing where I take a number and then I add like 30 to it. Except, except for when they're in London. I've gone 165. Right. I've gone 260. Yeah, Chris, 240. It's, Lanc- it's Lancashire. Oh. Yeah, I think um, is it Lancashire? Yeah. Don't know. 260, it's got to be pushing that yeah. way. Fort Park. Mm-hmm. Remember from Wembley. Hmm. Which side is it? I think I'm sure it's okay. Yeah. 60. I've gone 45. It's 27. Uh, Thought Park's like, it's Wembley. Wembley's the same side as Thought Park. I had no idea it was. Um, I've never (laughs) even been there. Um, You can tell that we're from down south. Winchester Cathedral. 3 1. 3 1, yeah. Winchester Cathedral. Cathedral. Mm. Daniel? 35. <laughs> 65. 78. Yeah. Mm. Damn. I don't have a what clue. Damn, choking this week. Absolutely suffocating. Well, Chris has won. Lovely. How's it over? Blackpool Pleasure Beach. Uh, Can you take this seriously? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely shocking. Daniel? 200. I went 280. Well, Dan, you got that one. 236. And last one. Pride Park Stadium. Do we know what team plays there? We do. Because we were talking about them earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. If, if, <laughs> if we didn't, we'd have a very angry oh, Pete messaging us. <laughs> um, one three five. I think I've gone too much here. One eighty. Yeah, Dan. One two two. Yeah. Late comeback. Yeah, too late. Consolation <laughs> goals. Seven four. Chris. Lovely old job. Awful. Isn't it? We not, we not got one more. That was only four. Oh, no, that, that was four three. That was four three, yeah, wasn't it? Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. I haven't got any more locations. <laughs> well done. Lovely. Seven, four, three away from victory. I'm not going to go too ahead of myself because I've bottled say, it here. I've bottled it from this position <laughs> before. Too excited. So, but no, thank you very much. As you always, as always, Fran. This is definitely more your niche this time. It is. Yeah, well, Pete. If you're listening, if it ends soon, I need another quiz. <laughs> <laughs> if he's listening, of course he's listening. Of course. So, um, I'm actually going on another podcast this week. 
I've been invited to go on another podcast. Oh, what, you're doing that this week? Yeah, that was Sunday. Oh, nice. He actually he wanted me to go on it tonight. But I was like, no. <laughs> no. On my own. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going there. I'm talking about everything on Sunday. I think it's more of general chat about everything. So it'll be my gaming stuff as well as this. But, mm. yeah, first interview from another podcast. Very nice. Why not? Um, so, yeah, uh, next week, normal service will be resumed. We'll be back talking about Premier League stuff. So we'll have an in-depth analysis into the state of United from from uh, somebody who was at the game. Mm. Uh, I can tell you what Mike Phelan actually does. Yeah, you've <laughs> got to go. Depending on where you sit, take some binoculars with you we're and quite, just watch him like a hawk. close to the front, I think. So On the side, side where the dugout is. Uh, mm. And for everyone that wants to wish me a happy birthday on Saturday, feel free. Well, we you've got oh, con- you've Dan, got control. Why are you gonna? Yeah, it's like what? a follow us kickabout sign, but I hope there's a bloody happy birthday for Anne sign. What? I'm there <laughs> holding up the sign. Yeah, there's no yeah. one actually that I want a shirt I don't, from. I think no. That's our view. That's it. Dugout looks like it might be oh. to the right. If you were going to watch City or someone, I'd be like Jack Grealish, give me your shirt. But it's not really what United that I'm like, give me your shirt. No, you're not feeling it from like De Gea, Maguire, Maguire. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, Phil Jones. I don't even know if Phil Jones De Hea, has a shirt. De Gea, maybe. Sancho. Sancho. Sancho, yeah. But yeah, if you can watch Mike Feenan like a hawk for me, mm. find out what he actually does, because you're not going to watch yeah, the game because yes. you're going to be losing. Yeah. <laughs> you probably won't be able to see him because he'll be so far back. <laughs> he's basically... Putty. I just think wears he's, like a brick coat. <laughs> yeah, I think he is now structurally integral to Old Trafford because I think he just he's part of the groundwork there. Now. He's You've part of the Everton frame. next week. We have big game for us. Tottenham, um, you got, oh, Tottenham, you got that's torn, is it? For me, Trippier, Harry Kane, Eddie Howe. Although Trippier's injured, yeah. <clears throat> no, big game for West Ham because we obviously Everton are in dire straits. But if we want to keep, you know, pushing for Euro, Europa League, yeah, these games all matter now. All of a sudden, well, they matter all season, but they take on more significance at this stage of the season. So, yeah, we will be back next week. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. This was a much longer show than we anticipated, mm-hmm. but we hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye.